Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Beth, live in my closet from North Carolina. And this is Christy, live in my closet in St. Louis. And here we go. Here we go. Not happy Monday, guys. Not this time. <laughs> no, it's a brand new day. Yes. yes brand yes, new day, brand new format. We're so happy to have you guys here. Thank you so much for joining us for our live. We're really excited to have you. We have been a ball of nerves all day. I don't know why. Because <laughs> you guys are cool. So. It's yeah, weird. I don't know why either, but yeah. But I have a case. I'm going to go first. And I have you a are? case for you. I thought I was going first. <laughs> no, you're going first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See? And this is how it goes. <laughs> yep. I've got a case for you guys right now. Um, this one was brought from Sarah Michelle. That's your friend. Okay. Yes. My friend from France. All the way across from France. It is. And this case is in France. No way. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited about it. Um, She wrote us in a while ago and I just wrote her and I was like, it's going to be our live one. So shouting you out on there. I don't. And you know what? I think she even messaged us too. And we're like, it's like two in the morning for me. Yeah. (laughs) She can't watch. She might not be here, but that's okay. Yeah, that is okay. So if you are here, say hi. Right. Yes. Yes. Say hi. Okay, so for today's case, like I said, we will be going all the way to France, thanks to Sarah Michelle. It's a small case in terms of information because it's very old, um, because we're going back to the 1800s. Oh. I think that might be the furthest back we've gone, possibly. Oh. Maybe. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. So we're, we're just busting down all kinds of walls today. That's cool. Yeah. And it's because it's so small, it also fit for the format that we're doing tonight. Since we're both doing a case, we don't want it to be 40 minutes each case. So it fits. Right. So as you can imagine, information slim. Can't imagine that there were very many newspapers back then that were like writing about this stuff. I don't know. 1800s, maybe. Okay. So there's not a whole lot. So it's basically like, I think the articles that I found and stuff I found is like people who told the story and it like carried down and now we just have it. So, okay. We'll be in, no idea how to say this. I'm sure Sarah Michelle will correct me. (laughs) Poitiers, France. I like it. France. Oh my God. (laughs) I can't believe you haven't said it yet. France. (laughs) I was waiting for you. You don't know. (laughs) Poor Sarah Michelle. Her, I mean, like, she probably does not think that joke is funny anymore. Mm-mm. It's, like, Mm-mm. so overused. <laughs> well, Miss Universe, it. TikTok, France. Google it if you don't know what yeah. we're talking about. <laughs> overused by us, specifically. So. <laughs> yes. Okay. So this town, Poitiers, is about four hours southwest of Paris, in case you know anything about France. Okay. Um, this is where Charles and Louise Monnier also name I don't know if I'm saying right, lived in their mansion. They were a wealthy family and an and influential members of society. Charles was the head of a local arts fal- faculty. What are you laughing at? A comment. Oh. <laughs> oh. Sorry. Go ahead, Charles. Okay. Um, so she, he was the head of a local arts faculty and Louise um, had one, she had gone to college and whatever. So I f- imagine that was pretty big deal at the time 
in the 1800s for a woman to have gone to college. Yeah. Um, so she was pretty well known. Um, and, and she had won an award from the Committee for Good Works for Generous Contributions to the City. So good for Got you. That. Yeah. Um, at the ages of 27 and 22, respectively, that was um, Charles was 27, Louise was 22, they had a son named Marcel. And about a year later, on March 1st, 1849, they had a daughter and they named her Blanche. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Maybe it's just, Blanche. Just so happens to be one of my favorite characters on television. <laughs> oh, well, same. Yeah. Same. Uh, okay. So Marcel grew up to excel in law school and became a respectable lawyer. Blanche grew up to be a very beautiful woman who attracted many different men who wanted to marry her. Mm -hmm. She wasn't very interested in many of them, though. Her heart was with what her mother would describe as a penniless lawyer. <laughs> hmm. Blanche, um, her, I'm sorry, he was an older gentleman, and in 1876, she made her intentions known that she wanted to marry this lawyer. And her mom was not happy about that. She, what? It's weird to be a penniless lawyer. I don't, that doesn't compute. I know. It doesn't compute to me either because I'm thinking you're a lawyer. You're making money. Her brother's a respectable lawyer, but maybe he just wasn't very good at his job. Oh, <laughs> okay. I don't know. I can't, <laughs> I have no idea. But he was penniless. Um, and her mom made it known to Blanche that she was not – she's like, no, you cannot marry this guy. This He doesn't make any money. This is not what I want for your life. No. Blanche was so in love that she didn't care what her mother thought or anyone else for that matter. So at some point in 1876, Blanche just disappears. People no longer see her around town or hear from her. And when people start asking questions after some time, Louise – lets them know that Blanche had been sent to England to marry a Scotsman. Okay. They were like, yep, you're not going to marry this penniless lawyer. We're going to send you to marry somebody else. Oh, the times. Yeah. So her leaving was so abrupt that people kind of had started making their own theories up. Some would say that she ran away to be with that lawyer, but he was not with her, so that didn't happen. Some say she went mad because her mom was not approving of this relationship, and some thought that she was dead. And that the family mourned the loss. And it's also stated that the family mourned the loss of Blanche over the years in some of the articles. So I think that maybe that was kind of the story that she died instead of being sent off to mm -hmm. England. But I don't really know because we don't really, I don't think we know the real, real truth of this one. Oh. So years go by and no one really thinks much about Blanche. Oh, at least that's terrible. Well, I know. I mean, they... The parents, her mom and sister brother are mourning her and whatever, but she's not really talked about. At first it's talked about because all of a sudden she just disappears. But then mm -hmm. they're like, well, that's old news. So that's until March 23rd, 1901, which is 25 years later, if you cannot do the math very quickly. Okay. An anonymous letter was sent to the Paris Attorney General. This letter stated, and I quote, I have the honor to inform you of an exceptionally serious occurrence. I speak of a spinster who is locked up in Madame Monnier's house, half starved and living in putrid, putrid litter for the past 25 years in a, worth, in a word, her own filth, like in her own filth. Okay. Gross. 
At this point, the police are kind of like, mm, I don't really know if we should believe this because this is a respected family and society. I mean, they do really good things. Uh, I don't know. They said that she's, I don't know whether they said she married somebody else or she died. I don't know. But they were like, but I guess we should go check this out. So they go basically like welfare check kind of thing. Uh-huh. So some sources say police arrived at the home and demanded to see Blanche. And at first, Louise denied Blanche was there and tried to deter police. But after a while, she gave in and then sent them in the direction of the bedroom upstairs. Oh, but other, my God. But other sources say that no one answered the door when they arrived at the home and they entered by force to check on things. And the house was all in order for the most part until they came upon a room upstairs. Mm-hmm. This room was locked from the outside, and there was a putrid smell coming from inside it. <clears throat> the rest of the description has um, some word uh, that I'm taking from words from one of the policemen that was there. I don't know. I'm assuming that this was just handed down, but they're all in quotes on these articles. So when they opened the door, the room was very dark, and they went over to the window to let some light in because they couldn't really see anything. They had to take the windows off the hinges on one side to get them open. As they lit up the room, they looked across, and in the back of the corner of the room, they saw a figure lying on what looked like a bed. They found a woman lying on rotten a rotten straw mattress, covering herself, including her head, with a, rep- with a repulsively filthy blanket. So she just kind of cowers underneath there. All around her was crust made from excrement, fragments of meat, vegetables, fish, and rotten bread. Very specific on those things. Oh, my God. There were also bugs seen running across her bed. Police said the smell was so unbearable that it was impossible to stay in the room to investigate. This poor woman was lying there naked and covered in her own feces. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was, it was awful. I actually have a picture if you want me to show you. Really quick. Oh I mean, God. it's not that. It doesn't look like that bad when you – I mean – Yes, it looks bad, but you're not looking at it and seeing. This is supposedly <gasps> what she looked like when she was found. Blanche. Yeah. Poor Blanche. I don't – so there's other pictures out there that say it's supposed to be her from before all this happened. But uh, one of the sites I saw debunked that those were the actual pictures of her. So I haven't found a real picture of her before all of this. They've only found this picture. This oh, picture. my God. This poor woman. I know. I know. Seriously. Okay. I'm going to take that off the screen now because I don't know. What okay. Thank okay. you. Okay. Okay. So she's lying there naked. That's why she covers herself. She barely resembles a person in their words. She's taken to the hospital and her mother and brother kept trying to like kind of make the situation less than it was when they were at the hospital answering questions. When a judge decided to check out the room, he goes himself he saw holes in the wall that also allowed rats to go in and out of the room. Mm -hmm. And they had sealed the windows so that the smell like from the inside so that the smell wouldn't get outside. So the only way you smelled it is if you actually like walk past that room. So they did this on purpose. Oh my God. Yeah. Why? Well, I don't know if we will ever know there. Well, because she wanted to marry a penniless lawyer. It's going to be the theory, but Okay. So while at the hospital, doctors were skeptical skeptical about how long she would survive. She weighed only 55 pounds, four of which, 
four pounds of which were the food and, and feces that were stuck in her hair. Four pounds. Can you even imagine? Like, I'm not okay. Like, no. oh. No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. So when the nurses bathed her, Blanche thanked them by giving them a warm smile. She even was so happy to look out the windows to see all the things that were new to her because she had not seen the light of day at any point in those 25 years because those windows were sealed shut. Oh, my God. This woman, this poor woman. I mean, what in the heck? Yeah, I know. Louise and Marcel were trying to tell investigators that Blanche locked herself in the room and refused to come out. Louise. Little suspect. I don't think so. The story that comes out later is that one night, with the help of Marcel, Louise lured Blanche into the bedroom upstairs and padlocked her in. She told her she would not let her out until she gave up on this idea of marrying the penniless lawyer. Blanche was so stubborn. So that literally was why. Mm -hmm. I thought you were joking. Mm -mm. It's freaking crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. All of the above. <laughs> She was so, Blanche was so stubborn, she wouldn't give in and therefore stayed in there for 25 years. The irony of it is that that lawyer that she was in love with died in 1885, nine years after she was padlocked in there. So she stayed in that room for another 16 years, really for no reason. I mean, she wasn't in there for any good reason anyway. No. <laughs> penniless lawyer was out of the question now after nine years. I mean, I don't know who knew that. I would imagine most people did. But anyway. Louise would give her water and scraps of food left over from like their meals. So whatever they ate, they would then just like kind of throw it into the room for her. Like she, she was an animal. Literally. Both arrested. By the way, her father died out <laughs> You're all glitchy on me again. going. No. Yeah. I don't know if I'm glitching or not. Am I glitching? You're glitching. Yeah. Oh gosh. Am I back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Technical difficulties, guys. Sorry, guys. This is what I guess you have to deal with when you're doing something live, but okay. Anyways, so Luis and Marcel were both arrested immediately. 15 days after yeah. Luis be became ill and died. She was like, I think, probably like embarrassed and I don't know. She she died. She apparently admitted to the awful treatment of Blanche just before she died. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what they state. Marcel stood trial and was initially convicted and sentenced to 15 months in prison. He was later acquitted, though, because the judges definitely felt like his behavior was awful, but they found that there was no, nothing in the penal codes at the time to convict him. There was no, um, like, duty to rescue code, you know, like, oh, like, he should be doing something about that kind right. of thing. Um, so he was simply found to have not said anything and did nothing about the situation, and they, they didn't find that he did anything criminal at the time. Hmm. He would also state that eventually Blanche lost her mind and would, would not have been able to escape and that she eventually chose to stay in the room. After a certain amount of time. So that's what he's trying to say. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, that could be a possibility because if you spend enough time in there that many sure. years, I mean, she could have just been like, well, no. Well, you like, don't feel is- like you can escape. Like you right. become an absolute victim of captivity. It happens. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But it still makes someone else liable. <laughs> right. But I guess in the laws at that time, there wasn't this, oh, you stood by and did nothing. You watched it happen. Like you should have mm. her. So, I mean, this is the 1800s, so. After the whole ordeal, Blanche was admitted to a psychiatric hospital and never returned into society. She did gain some weight over time. She was diagnosed with anorexia, which apparently she struggled with as um, a youth too. Mm -hmm. Schizophrenia, exhibitionism, because I mean, she had no clothes. So she was just like, this is what people do. We don't wear clothes. Mm. And mm, this is not my favorite one. And I don't know how to say it, but coprophilia. Do you know Mm -hmm. what that is? Mm -mm. It is when someone has sexual arousal and pleasure from feces. All right. Blanche. Well, sorry, what? I'm just saying it's not her fault. No, it's not her fault. That's all she, for 25 years, that's all she lived with. Rats, food, feces, and darkness. Darkness. 25 25. years. My God. Yeah. Awful. Her mother. I know. Can you imagine? I mean, I complain about my kids. <laughs> and I definitely – now, I'm not making light of this, but I definitely did, like, you know, when one was younger, lock the door so that he couldn't come out at night. Mm-hmm. But only because he wouldn't go to sleep. Then I'd unlock it when he was finally asleep. But could you right. imagine leaving somebody in a room for 25 years? Like that? No. No. I cannot this, this imagine insane. the mother needs – she needs psychiatric. Well, she died, so. Blanche yeah. died in the hospital in, yeah. on October 13th, 1913, at the age of 64. Mm-hmm. Whoever wrote the letter was never identified. It could mm. have been Marcel, that like starting to feel badly mm. for what happened. That's the brother, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or one source said that maybe he knew his mother wasn't well and that she wouldn't be around forever and he didn't want to like have this secret to have to deal with for the rest of his life too. So that's one um, thing. Um, and since the lawyer – and since he was a lawyer, he knew the loopholes for claiming he was innocent. So it's mm. thought that maybe it was him. Or there were so many housekeepers and staff there. I don't know how many – but it could have been one of them finally feeling bad after mm-hmm. so many years. I'd imagine that they all had to know after 25 years. Maybe at first they didn't know what was happening, but mm-hmm. you're walking past a room that stinks and is locked. Like you, at some point in those 25 years, you figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is completely insane that anyone could ever hold anyone captive for that long. Like you said, especially a mother of a child. But I mean, parenting is hard, but not that hard. No, and she was an adult, it right? Wasn't even yeah, like she was like, like let her go. If you don't, yeah. like let her go. Yeah, she was doing? like fifty-two or something like that when she was let go, or when she was found fifty-two. Like, God. So anyway, that is the story of Blanche Monier, Monier, whatever <laughs> her name is. I don't even know what to say. I don't. I don't either. I don't either. That's awesome. What y'all doing over there in France? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, hopefully they're not doing this anymore. 
That's crazy. That is, you know what it reminds me of too, especially when I saw the picture. This is terrible. What? And I mean, no disrespect, but did you ever see Pet Cemetery? No, I never did. I don't know why. Well, in Pet Cemetery, there's this sister who lives in like a room like that. And I think actually she has some kind of a disease or something that like eats away at her body. I don't know what, but like she looked like that. She was like skin and bones and skeletal and like kept in her room. And I mean, it's a horror movie. So right. Well, (laughs) like literally a horror. That's what I'm saying. Like it looked the same. Oh gosh. A fictional horror movie. That's what she looked like. Right. Oof. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. Okay. You ready for another one? What yeah. Do you guys think, what'd you guys think of Blanche? Dana commented, Good. hell no. I think when they got, like, the conviction got overturned. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, I can't, like, mom, Louise. Mm-hmm. And I think, actually, I don't remember now. One of the articles said something when Blanche was told that her mom had died. One source said it was because she saw all the people outside of her house and she was like mortified and like had a heart attack or something. I, clearly, I have no idea if that's true. Mm. But that when somebody told her what uh, that her mom had died, she said, I want to I want a party. <laughs> what? Well, <laughs> I want a party. I mean, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> did <Yeah>. she <laughs> no no i mean she never regains like any of her right. sanity so oh yeah yes it is very sad Dana it is sad and i do feel like she things could be better now like everyone always just back then everyone was just schizophrenic that's what they said literally yeah. about everyone i don't know if you feel like that but i feel like back in the day it was like oh you're showing odd behavior that's against the grade you're probably schizophrenic Right. It's like, it was just like thrown around like as a – she wasn't schizophrenic. She needed like post-traumatic stress therapy and – Well, yeah, but honestly, could you – I mean, I could see schizophrenia like if she's literally like the only person that she's – Well, had. true. I mean, maybe there were more personalities that came out because That's she true. had to talk to someone. I don't know. I don't know. I hope she died of shame for sure, Dana yeah. said. Yeah. Louise. Hundred percent. See you later, Louise. Here, here, Blanche. I'm going to cheers your mom's death for you. Ooh, drink my wine. Ooh, ooh. Louise could come back as a ghost. Do you know? I don't need that stuff. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I have another case for you. This one is. Um, this one is a murder. <laughs> um, this was brought to us by a listener suggestion from our friend Caitlin. Okay. Hey, Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin. Caitlin wrote us a lovely review on Apple Podcast, and she suggested that we cover this case from her hometown in Frankfurt, New York. (gasps) We're in New York. Do you know know a Frankfurt? I do know Frankfurt, New York. Oh, you do? All right. Well, I know what you're going to say about it then because it's in upstate New York. Right. Yeah. I'm like, it's not part of New York. York. (laughs) (laughs) You New Yorkers. Um, it's about 15 miles east of Utica, not far from Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. It's a very small town with a population of just under 8,000 people. Okay. Itty bitty little town. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is a sad case. Um, this case does involve some talk of children, mm. which, as we know, Beth does not like to do. Mm-hmm. 
but I can assure you it is not graphic or detailed, but just be warned. Okay. This is the case of Sarah Ann Wood. Okay. I know that name. I, and Do the picture you? you sent me of the of the guy, I know. Yeah, you said you knew him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We, we, I'll tell you when you can put the picture okay. up, too. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a naughty. Okay. If you're watching on the YouTube, you can see. Sarah was maybe one of the cutest little things I've ever seen. She was born on March 4th, 1981, making her a Pisces. Mm-hmm. Two parents, Robert and Francis. She had one brother and one sister. Her dad, Robert, was a preacher at a nearby church in Suquaw, New York. I looked it up. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Don't come at me. The church was a very small evangelical Christian church, and the family lived by these beliefs and had a strong faith in God and community. The church was less than a mile from their home. Sarah, cue the picture. Oh, sorry. Hold on. It took me just a second. <laughs> She's super Add cute. She That's not her. That's not her. There she, yeah, is. there she is. She had brown curly hair, blue eyes, dimples. She had freckles. People quoted are quoted as saying that they loved her twinkling and mischievous blue eyes. Look. look at her. She <laughs> looks like someone I actually currently know. Because when you first sent me the picture, I'm like, why do you have a a picture of my friend from when she was younger. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. yes. Well, this isn't her. Okay. So Sarah loved dancing and poetry, and she was a cheerleader. And she, like the rest of her family, was also very spiritual and had a strong faith in God from an early age. At the time of our of this case in 1993, Sarah was 12 years old and in sixth grade. And she would be the same age as me. So, like, we were okay. born the same year. And in 1993, we're both sixth graders and 12 years old. And I swear, if I knew her, we would have been friends. Like, uh-huh. we grew up super similarly. And we just right. were friends. Yeah. I, I would be down with Sarah. Mm-hmm. During the summer of 1993, Sarah's father's church held vacation Bible school. I used to send my kids to vacation Bible school. Okay. Did you? So I grew up going to vacation Bible school, but I have learned that not a lot of people know what that is Mm. because I don't think it's like a big thing now. And it was back in the day. So this was like a, a program that was held in the summer by churches and you would drop your kids off. It was like a week long program. You would drop your kids off for like three to four hours a day and they would learn Bible lessons and sing songs and they played games and did puppet shows and had snacks and crafts and like, you know, it was just like a fun youth event for Mm -hmm. a church and you would just go and hang out with your friends for a week. So Sarah's father's church was holding this vacation Bible school and on Wednesday, August 18th of 1993 at around 2.30, Sarah left Bible school from the church to head home on her pink 10 speed mountain bike. Oh, I was like, is it going to be a huffy 10 speed? A sweet style? I don't style? know if it was a huffy <laughs> sweet style. Oh but I had, God. it was pink and purple. <laughs> Mine was turquoise and pink, but oh, we, okay. that's okay. So the church is less than a mile from her home, remember? So it was not uncommon for the 12 year old to ride her bike back and forth by herself. Mm. I mean, it was super close. 
Sarah was wearing a pink t-shirt with the words guess who on the front. Pretty sure I had that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Turquoise shorts and brown sandals. Okay. It was like any other normal summer day, but this day was very different because Sarah would never be seen again. Oh my goodness. After some time went by, her family became worried because Sarah never made it home. They checked around with friends and families, like what you would expect. No one had seen her, so they called and reported Sarah missing. The town and surrounding communities immediately sprang to action. They put out a description of Sarah, pictures of her, what she was wearing, where she was last seen. Search parties and volunteers went out to the area where they should they believed that she would be. They searched like the entire town, gas stations, roadways, wooded areas. Amber alerts were not a thing mm-hmm. at that time, so those didn't start until 1996, which was like mm-hmm. 3 years later, but I will say that I think this community did a really good job of getting her photo out immediately and getting people looking for her. That evening, searchers found Sarah's bike just off the road, Mm -hmm. only four tenths of a mile from her home. Four tenths of a mile, like baby girl. Wow. Almost there. With her bike were also some art supplies. So she had crayons and coloring pages that she had brought home from Bible school that day. But Sarah was nowhere. And although they interviewed many people in the town, no one saw her anywhere after she left the church that day, riding in the direction of her home. So they immediately all believed that Sarah... Right. They immediately all believed that Sarah had been abducted. The bike ride would have only taken her four to five minutes. So the window of time for her to have been taken was like shockingly small right like yeah. four to five minutes that's it's freaking scary that's someone who was like i feel like watching like mm-hmm. i mean i mean I, I guess you could come across somebody and just be like whoosh, real quick but i i don't know it feels like someone's like watching her and knew it was a short thing and just scooped her mm. maybe i'm wrong we'll see Mm-hmm. So search parties went out for days in the woods surrounding the church and Sarah's home where her bike was found. There were no sightings of Sarah or anyone suspicious or strange in the area and nothing more was ever found. So like mm-hmm. no more of her belongings, her clothes, nothing. Days turn into weeks, weeks into months, absolutely no leads. Because the people in Sarah's circle and the community were all accounted for when she went missing – Law enforcement suspected a stranger abduction, most likely from a person not from that area. Oh, gosh. As a parent, can you imagine? No. Your kid just up and vanishing on their bike, no way to find them, nowhere, no idea even where to look. Like, that is horror on a whole nother level. I think it's like, it's actually one of my biggest fears. Yeah, I like to let my kids go and do things, but for some reason, it, it's always like, oh, I always text the mom, did he get there? <laughs> you know, like, you should. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's so, it's, I mean, like, you would be so helpless. It, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. So, fast forward to January of 1994, just under five months after Sarah had gone missing, a man was arrested for an unrelated crime in 
Lord help me, Massachusetts. <laughs> Massachusetts. Say it with me. Mass. <laughs> no? Okay. Okay. It was 120 <laughs> miles away from Sarah's hometown. So this is far. This is yeah. states away. But right. this man was arrested. This man had attempted to kidnap a 12-year-old girl named Rebecca Savarese. So Rebecca was walking down the road and this man jumped out of his car and grabbed her by the backpack and tried to pull her into his truck, but she was able to wiggle out of her backpack and like take it off and run. And witnesses saw the attack and immediately came to help her. So the man fled and she was able to give the police and the witnesses were able to give the police a description of this man and his truck. And he was later caught by police and her backpack was found inside his truck. He was bold enough to try and grab her when there was people around? There were people. Yeah. That's insane. This man's name was Lewis Lent Jr. Ah. Do you know him? I do. I yeah, I could not place that guy's name. Yeah. He's the guy in the picture. I couldn't place He's his name, but I'm like, I know I've seen that picture. <laughs> yes. So Lewis was a janitor at a movie theater in Pittsfield, Massa, whatever. Okay. So he gets arrested because he attempts to kidnap this young 12-year-old girl. And three days after his arrest, Lewis confessed to the murders of two children. One was Sarah Ann Wood. The other was a boy named Jimmy Bernardo. Oh, wow. When did that happen? So in 1990, two years, three years, sorry, before, it's like two and a half years before Sarah went missing, 12-year-old Jimmy had gone missing and was known to have been at the movie theater where Lewis worked as a janitor. Okay. So that happened so in Massachusetts. Correct. Pittsfield, Massachusetts, where Lewis lived. Lewis claimed to have abducted, raped, and murdered Jimmy from the movie theater. And he directed police to where Jimmy's body would be found. Hmm. And police did recover his body just a short distance away from where Lewis's childhood home was. Oh, my gosh. I mean, awful, but I'm glad that they're, his parents actually, like, Got. Right. Four years later, though. I mean, but like, it's better terrible. than never. Uh, you're right. His cause of death was determined to have been strangulation by hanging. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. I know. Sorry about that. Lewis also told police that on August 18th of 1993, he had been driving his van down back roads in New York near where he grew up looking for a child to molest and kill Sicko. when he came upon Sarah riding her bike. He claimed to have used a hunting knife to force her into his van, and then he bound her, raped her, and hit her repeatedly with a heavy tree branch. Ugh. He then buried her body near a lake in the mountains. When he was asked if he knew for sure that Sarah was dead before he buried her, he said that he didn't check because he doesn't like to touch dead bodies. Piece oh. Of. You like to do all the other stuff, but you don't like to touch dead bodies. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. Gross. 
So, like in Jimmy's case, Lewis drew a map of where police could find Sarah's body. Several extensive searches were conducted of the area and the surrounding areas, but Sarah's remains were never found. Oh, man. When he was told that they were unable to find Sarah's body where he said she should be, he said that he actually couldn't disclose exactly where he buried Sarah because she wouldn't be the only body found. <gasps> no. During a search of Lewis's apartment, police found a hiding space in a false wall that was big enough to keep a child prisoner. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This dude was a monster. So he's claiming there's other bodies where he put Sarah. Are there mm -hmm. other like missing kids that were like that they were thinking could be his victims or no? You don't know. There are some that they do believe may be connected to him, but it's never been proven. He's never been charged and he's never confessed. Mm. Lewis pled guilty to Jimmy Bernardo's murder, the 12 year old boy and received life, life in prison without the possibility of parole. Like clearly he was guilty of that one. He led mm -hmm. them to the body. Mm -hmm. Lewis also pled guilty to the abduction and murder of Sarah Ann Wood and was sentenced to 25 years to life, but he refused to disclose the location of Sarah's body. Gosh. Which I'm wondering why they didn't make a part of the plea deal. I feel like. Mm, yeah, that's true. You know, like if you're going to plead guilty and get a mm -hmm. lesser sentence or not death or whatever the plea is, like you have to tell us where she is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. And you're right, Dana, absolute worst kind of monster. He is. Absolutely. Yeah. During Lewis's sentencing hearing in 1997, Sarah's brother said during his victim impact statement, quote, you may think you have power over us because you know where Sarah's body is. We know where Sarah's spirit and soul are. Therefore, you don't have power. Mm -hmm. Lewis later recanted his confession of Sarah's murder. So he's now saying that he did not murder her. Whatever. But whatever, liar. Yeah, you big old lion mm -hmm. murderer, nasty man. Lewis Lent is currently 73 years old and serving out his sentences in a prison in the state that he <laughs> lived in, <laughs> where he will rot until he dies, I hope. Mm -hmm. He is obviously suspected of additional child abductions and murders, including one of a 16-year-old boy named James Lusher that went missing while riding his bike in 1992, so the year before Sarah was um, kidnapped. His bike was found in the nearby woods, but his body was never recovered, so they couldn't ever specifically connect Lewis to it, but circumstances kind of point him there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Investigators still to this day visit Lewis three to four times a year in hopes that he will divulge more information about Sarah and her body's location and any additional crimes that he may have been involved in, but he wow. never has. Yeah. So they, they still sus suspect him and like mm -hmm. check in every now and then see if he feels a little bit talky. Well, I mean, some of those guys, all of a sudden they do, they're like, okay, here it is. I'm laying it all out. I want you to know. Because they're true. just jerks. Yeah, you never know. And they like to brag because they're nasty. Mm -hmm. If Sarah were alive today, she would be 42 years old. 
1996, Sarah's parents founded the Sarah Ann Wood Rescue Center, which was later renamed the Mohawk Branch of the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Their center educates children, parents, and law enforcement on abduction prevention and the exploitation of children and has helped recover 7,524 missing children to date. Wow. Get it. Go Get it, guys. you guys. Yes. Every year they hold a 90-mile bike ride in Sarah's honor called the Ride for Missing Children, stopping at schools and other community buildings along the way. That's right. Thousands. I know, right? We have to go to Frankfurt. That's okay. Oh, okay. I thought. <laughs> I thought oh, you just want to ride like country, and we needed miles. a pass. Oh, yeah, we can just ride ninety miles. Passport. That's a lot, though. <laughs> Thousands come out to participate in this ride, and this year the ride will be—it's the twenty-seventh year, and it's going to be held on June second. So maybe we should ride our bikes on June second. I could do that in honor of missing children. I feel like I have something happening on June second. Well, cancel. I thought <laughs> that is like something in my head better is- just came up. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. You're right. You're right. You're right. All right. That is the case of Sarah Ann Wood. Do you want me to show him? You can, can picture. You can show him. Sorry, I meant to tell you. I, I didn't put in my notes. Cue the picture. Okay. There's Sarah Ann and her beautiful. There's Good, that guy. EOS over here. There's that guy. Um, yeah. There's a book that has been written about Lewis Lint, which. I hear is actually a very good book and it has good reviews. It's called Hidden Demons, but I didn't read it because mm-hmm. I just did not want to like yeah. ruffle through that trash, you know, mm-hmm. about him. But it does discuss him and his crimes, including Sarah's murder and other ones that he's suspected of. So, okay. Wow. Here you go. So there's yeah. You was Sarah right. And Wood. He's nasty. It's gross. Yeah. <sighs> he needs to get gone. But thank God this Rebecca person that escaped, Mm -hmm. like, oh, get it. She's 12 years old. Like, she thought smart. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. thank God she did because who knows how many other children would have fallen victim to this, like, guy. For sure. Definitely. So he is considered to be a serial killer. He's been convicted on two. But. Right. Oh yeah, because they changed it to two from they three, did. right? Yeah. So yeah. now he. But is. I, I totally think he is though. Like, I definitely think he has more victims. Well, as I mean, as I know he recanted later, but especially since he said that he can't disclose because there's more bodies. I mean. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I believe that too. Hundred <laughs> percent. I just said the same thing. Jinx. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, Yes. Well, thank you for doing that. I know that you hated yes. it because there was a kid. I did. But- I powered through. Caitlin, thank you for the suggestion. It was a really interesting case. And it. I was telling Christy earlier that it's it's a very – it's sad that we don't have her body. And um, it's a super sad case. But, man, that twist at the end right there with like, oh, it was a serial killer. It's like I can't even imagine. And Caitlin is from this town, and she was a kid when this happened. And – if you can imagine, like, there was a mm-hmm. serial killer in your town. Yeah. Actively abducting a child. Yeah. That's scary. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Like, that's freaking mm-hmm. scary. And they yeah. and people have said in interviews, her family does not talk super publicly, aside from, like, their foundation and um, the stuff that they're doing um, with that. But 
they were like, it, this was an awakening mm-hmm. for our entire town. Like it was really like shocking to us. Right. And, yeah. you know, it was one of those things where it's like nobody locks their doors and now everyone's locking their doors mm-hmm. and kind of thing. Yeah. <sighs> well, thank you. And thank you, Dana, for the, she said, great job. Thank you so much. Thanks, thank you Dana. for joining us. Thank you very if much. There's many out there. I only have, yeah. thank you everyone for joining us us yes um oh i think i'm about to glitch because <laughs> i can this see it YouTube. on my computer am i glitching yet oh, no. um um oh sorry i'm pouring tea it's loud said hey hey oh look there we go oh if anybody else can hear us <laughs> can hear us my glitch or not you're doing great i know this is the worst this is it's terrible i mean you're doing okay so i mentioned earlier that you had okay thank you you too um i mentioned earlier that if you wanted to be in on the drawing you had to at least say hi because i don't see you unless you say hi and so i know that there's only a couple extra people that are watching that haven't said hi so if you want to be entered in the drawing before we do it Say hi in the chat real quick so I can add you to my wheel. My wheel of fortune. Merch. <laughs> wheel fortune. of merch. <laughs> wheel of yeah, merch. <laughs> I've I've got I've got a few names on there and I'm I'm ready and willing to add some more if you say hey real quick in the chat before we do that. So um in the meantime, does anybody have any questions for us? Oh yeah. Um, Oh, okay. there's another hello. There's another hello. Hi, hi. Um, yeah, write us in your questions. Anybody have any questions about the cases, about in general life, um, how we do what we do? Um, <laughs> we have a watcher texting us right now. Oh, we should enter her into the um drawing all right i'll put her in she didn't say hi in the chat but she, she said, said she doesn't know how to say hi <laughs> it's me hi <laughs> i'm the problem it's me <laughs> how did you guys become friends oh wow yeah. <laughs> uh you want to tell it or you want me to tell it you can tell it <laughs> okay so i lived across the street from beth i moved in in north carolina in the house right across the street and I like to make friends. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> and um, I, well, our sons actually kind of started communicating because they're mm-hmm. the same age. And so not long, probably a few months into me, us living there, his birthday. And so we invited. That was like one month. <laughs> no, we moved in in July and his birthday is in September. Oh, okay. I was thinking you came in August. You well, moved maybe. in in July, but then you went to Alaska. Oh, that's true. We were out. See, see how I know your life? Oh, oh, (laughs) you do know my life better than me. Um, (laughs) So anyway, my son had his birthday party, invited her son, and they came, and the rest is history. (laughs) It is. It's history. (laughs) Can we talk about the birthday party now, or you don't want to do that? We've talked about it before. No, we can talk about it, because she thought I was extra, and she was definitely not going to be my friend. No, you were (laughs) extra. Like, I didn't think you were extra. That was like... The one time I think ever in your life that you actually were extra. Yes, it was the only time. I think I was trying to make a good impression. Impression. On who? (laughs) I don't know. Whoever. You. (laughs) 
it didn't. So she had a where the wild things are themed birthday party. And when I say theme, guys, my guys, she had <laughs> like themed crafts and themed games and themed food and the, like did we wear costumes even because i feel like it might have no, got like here not. everyone put on a hat or something or like put on some claws to gnash with where the wild things are anyway so it was super cute party he was like what five anyway it was really cute five or six right uh-huh yes yeah five. and i literally went to this party and was like holy crap she is not my people <laughs> I wasn't my people. In that moment, I was not my people. She had chocolate-covered strawberries. Well, that was that was Xavier. I'm sorry. He asked for that. He used bougie. Okay. All right. Yeah, parties. Anyway, but but the best part is, and I can't, and I wish I could remember exactly what it was you said, but I was sitting like off to the side and the party's all happening. And she, I have a picture of her doing pin the tail on the wild thing or something yeah. with my son <laughs> and she's like spinning him around or whatever and I took a picture and I'm all off to the side like oh my god this woman and she quit playing the game and came over and sat down beside me and was like oh my gosh this is such bull crap like I can't <laughs> even believe I, I can't I, this I don't even want to be at this party and it's my kids like and I was like oh oh well hold on then <laughs> well <Hold> wait <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> There might be hope for me yet. <laughs> it was love at first snarky comment. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, you guys have got me through many yeah. nights as a new mom. Thanks. I now listen to you in my walk-in closet with a glass. Oh, Walk-in so. closet, I think, not a walk-in walk, closet. Walk. Did I say walking? <laughs> well, it oh. says walking. <laughs> okay. Walk-in <laughs> closet. Got it. That's so fun. Thank Yay. you. Thank you. That's that very makes us sweet. happy. You guys get us through nights too. Yeah. Infectious laughter. I love it. I'm laughing in my kitchen by myself. Aw, thank you. We're laughing by ourselves. <laughs> Especially in kitchens. Well, yeah, I was going to say half the time that's where I'm texting you. And so you'll say something and I'll just be laughing. And the kids will come in and be like, what's, what are you, nothing. <laughs> Miss Beth, right? Miss Beth. I'm just talking about my Miss Bess. <laughs> we were talking yes. about that the other day. So there's this picture, which I don't, I don't, I have to find it of Beth. And she came to visit me in Wisconsin. Well, us, I should, I, it's just me. She's always visiting me, not my family. <laughs> and she, um, we should all be watching in that shirt. Yes, you should be. Yeah. <laughs> Christy texted me today that she was going to wear it. And so I was like, oh, shoot, I have to find mine. <laughs> um, anyway, she came to Wisconsin and we're sitting by the fire. And we, I don't, did Emery take the picture? Did I take the, Somebody took a picture of you. And we zoomed in and you were laughing and the fire was like, your feet were up and the fire's like in between your legs. Basically. My feet were the propped floor. up on the edge of the chair. Yes. So the way. we were yeah. like other side and it looked like there was like fire in your crotch essentially <laughs> and you're laughing like your mouth your mouth is wide open and we joke about it all the time but I remember like Langdon my youngest would say why why is Miss Bess has fires <laughs> he was little he was really he was little teeny then. tiny like why is Miss Bess has fires <laughs> we were just Ms. talking Bess. about that and it didn't it used to have the refrigerator that had the pictures come up like the digital pictures come yes, up on the refrigerator up. he would pull up the fire picture and be like send it to miss bess yes miss bess, <laughs> miss bess has fires <laughs> oh sweet baby anyway. that picture was iconic for years it was it still is if i find it, it i'm gonna post it on social oh yeah <laughs>
Somebody else just joined. And if you want to be in on the um, drawing before we do it, which we should do soon, say hey in the chat real quick. Yeah. Because I just saw somebody else pop in. Um, Any other questions for us while we're hanging out here? Waiting want, for that last person. Say hello. Tell us where you're listening from so we can enter you in the drawing for the merch. You want to talk about what we're going to give away? Oh, yeah. Do you have it have in front it. of you? This is our favorite merch item ever. Ever. Mine. Is it yours? Well, no, it I is. like the hoodie. I like, I the, hoodie. like the hoodie. But I'm telling you, as far as like usage, this little baby is the best thing ever. It's actual stainless steel, right? Yeah. It is like a 20, is it 24 ounces? I have no idea. 20 ounces. It's 20 ounces. You can put it in the dishwasher if your dishwasher is tall enough. But it is oh, dishwasher okay. safe. Mm -hmm. But it's like it keeps everything cold or hot or whatever. I'm telling you, it's the best thing. This is etched in. It's not a sticker. It's yeah, not so going to come, come off. off at all. It's truly the best product ever. And we know that you guys like to listen to us when you're working or when you're cleaning or when you're working out or when you're driving. And so you can have this baby with you in yep, all awesome. those places. So mm -hmm. we're going to give you one. We're going to mail you it You can bring you. it on trips and fill it with water in the in the airport. That's what I do. <laughs> you can. My kids take it to school. I, they fight over it because it's true. It is the best water bottle ever, truly. They literally fight over it. Hey, Beth, so. do you want to um, – Shout out to Michelle and where she lives. Shout out to Michelle and Braintree. Braintree, Massachusetts. Holla. <laughs> <laughs> Who did it better? <laughs> I, I can't say that word. I am so sorry. It is really dumb. Well, I'm sorry. I can't explain okay. it. I'm sorry. Should we do this? The, the seventh person that is okay. watching us. Oh, yeah. Okay. They left and they didn't tell That's us. That's okay. How. Okay, I'm going to spin my wheel now. I've got all of your names that said hey, and I'm going to spin my wheel, and we'll see who gets that. Well, can you hear it? Or, mm -mm. or is that only me? I can hear it. Okay. It's like ding, I ding, can't ding, hear ding, it. Ding, 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 yeah. Ding, ding, Sounds ding, like the wheel ding, of fortune ding, thing. Ding, ding. Can you hear it now? No, oh, Christy. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Sorry. 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 Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. It is. <laughs> Kelly <laughs> I don't even have to mail it <laughs> I know congratulations we're gonna see tomorrow. <laughs> yep not tomorrow Friday oh yeah sorry I'm coming tomorrow yeah so anyway congratulations. congratulations thank you for all of you wonderful peoples that joined us tonight in our in our pseudo closets Kelly just texted <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> anyway um we have so enjoyed doing this and yeah hopefully, i mean now you kind of i mean we don't always do two cases like this so it was a little different than normal but hopefully you get an idea of what it's like for us when we're doing this on whatever day of the week that we do it yeah and record anyway this is thursdays it. we record on thursdays yeah well so. yeah i know yeah, <laughs> that's our recording day. If you guys want to know, I feel like people do want to know that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have a Thursday morning. We have a standing Thursday morning date every week. <gasps> Someone wants another live. <laughs> oh, fun! 
one. We should do another one. I think this is really fun and it's easy. Mm -hmm. It's not as difficult as we thought it was going to be. I really mm -hmm. like the little chats. That's fun. I do too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So thank you guys for joining us. It's so much fun. Yes. We always appreciate you. This, you guys are why we keep going. Mm -hmm. Like, it's true. We are so connected to our community and we have the best community. Truly, we really do. You're so positive and you're so sweet and we just can't get enough of you. Mm -hmm. I know. And so yeah. we are excited to show up for you every Monday because you guys show up for us. So thank you. Yes. Thank you. Three years, three whole years. Three years. Yeah. And as long as I can get this up and running tomorrow on the pod um, platforms, it'll be out there. And so for those of you who might not have joined us but are listening now, find us on social media, um, check out the YouTube channel because it'll be there for mm -hmm. you to watch if you'd rather watch us instead of um, listening to it. Um, and let us know what you think. And then maybe this is join a great us. weekend, by the way, to join us on social media because we're together and mm -hmm. we're going to be, I don't know what, posting pictures or who we just have that, to come and see. <laughs> but we're going to, right? We will. We will, we will do it this weekend. Set an alert on my phone or something <laughs> okay. to like okay. make sure that we actually take time to do it earlier in the day. <laughs> yeah. Well, find us over there and let us know what you think. And next time, join us live because it's going to be way more fun if you join us live. And just always remember, the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closets.